to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch Boop Boop <laughs> Sorry, I was Slate and action Now we talk <laughs> It's a it's a new presidency. At least it we is. have that, you know. We we do have that. Yeah. <laughs> hail to the hail to the actually elected mm-hmm. president. Who's that? By all the by all the measures that there are to measure it for once. No like, well, if you look at it this way, mm-hmm. he didn't really win. Which I feel like is like eight of the last 10 presidential terms. I was about to say, isn't yeah. that like kind of a consistent vibe? It's cause not the, this time. Cause of the goddamn electoral college. Let's just get <laughs> rid of that thing. Yeah. Well, it's Biden's second day and Ted Cruz still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking guy. I, uh, mm. I don't. I love. I, I'm actually gonna enjoy watching all of these kind of wannabe Trumps attempt to take over as like the alpha dog for Trump world, and finds like the absolute lack of energy for anybody but Trump. Like just fall flat on their face right. and not succeed. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Or, yeah, end up in like a fucking psych ward. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if I forgot how to relax or. <laughs> If Lisa, I taught you how to relax, and it's with that goddamn massager. back massager. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not a sex thing. It's a real. We got both of us now have one. It's like one of those neck massagers that you wear like around your neck, and you put your arms through it, and it's just. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's impossible to make it a sex thing, but it would be odd yeah it would be it's definitely not one of it's not a yeah not like that but it is so it could replace a masseuse like if you go to a masseuse regularly you can just buy one of these things and it is wonderful and it's only like 60 bucks so i can't remember it's called a nape something n-a-i-p or yeah okay like, like the nape, of like your neck. that's what I yeah. thought. I don't think it's actually after the nape of your neck, but it's nape something. And well, big mistake. If not. I, yeah, it's nape, not napalm, napalm, napalm. Uh, yeah, something like that. But you know, that's their hand massager. Yes, that, that's what that got us, got me through the lead up to the inauguration. <laughs> you know, and. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm like incapable of being present right now or what. I just am like, I'm not breathing yet. Well, I mean, how tight is your butthole clenched? Right. Like at all times. Is it, are you always like, um, I'd say like on a scale of, uh, one to ten, ten being just closed off, making diamonds right. regularly. I'm at like a six. That's a pretty clenched butthole for just yeah. regular time. For just waking up, man. Yeah, I wake huh. up at a six. 
I don't know. It seems safe that way. I wouldn't want to wake up at a one. That's a butthole that had, could have had stuff crawling sure. in. Sure. I think. You know, things be living in there. That's too loose. <laughs> I, I think, think a good yeah. five is yeah. five, six. But you think, about right I feel butthole. like maybe like a resting human, non drugged butthole <laughs> would be at like maybe like a three or four of just natural clinchedness because you know your bodies are or your muscles just in general are active right wow. uh, on their own so I i'm gonna say i'm at like, like, this a like a, i'm gonna i feel like this is like a kinsey scale okay. and anything between three and seven is you do you baby okay. you know what i it's mean outside of that and you have definitely deviated from where most people are sitting but you know yeah I like to keep I like to keep it clenched, and that that has nothing to do with who the president is. That's just personal. Personal. Well, safety. it's a lot of energy to go from like a three to a ten, you know. And who knows yeah. when that ten's going to happen? You got to be fast. Yes. You got to be closer to the ten, so that way when you lurch over there, you're not like, oh my god, my Whoop. shit just shot up in my stomach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, that was a gentle, a gentle squeeze to protect my. Basically, That's nobody fine. wants to poop out of their mouth. You know what I mean? Sure. No. Not yet. No, that's true. No, not unless that's a segue to your story. Oh. I'd be impressed. Right. <laughs> no, it's not. There It'd is really funny. There were more was. to the story. Did you see that stuff about yesterday how scientists have found like archaeologists found the perfect dinosaur dinosaur butthole (laughs) and i was like this is amazing uh you're i I tweeted that i did too both of you did headline it's like this is the news we need is a perfectly preserved pooping dinosaur butthole was found <laughs> well it was live science won the headline contest on that because they literally wrote it exactly like this first preserved dinosaur butthole is perfect and unique paleontologist says and it just makes that paleontologist sound so lonely yes. like an expert you know? on yes. buttholes right? yeah like, exactly. he's the one every time they find a preserved body they bring it in and he's like nope that's not the butthole i've been searching for my whole life yeah i know these are perfect not the buttholes you should be they're not for. my grandpa searched for the perfect butthole my dad did and he died of <laughs> rectal Indiana cancer Jones. last year and my now here i am of dino buttholes he's perfect and unique sounds like he's got a map with yarn on it and every pin is on a butthole that just wasn't right but they all kind of like zeroed in like if you followed the pentagram pattern yeah. you would find they the went right from butthole. a one to a ten <laughs> they did <laughs> like the banana ripeness scale. oh wow <laughs> Um, you know, I love completely, it. completely mm. moving away from that. Did y'all see <laughs> Claudia Conway? Uh oh, what'd she do? Oh, who? She in trouble again? She grounded. Uh, she posted. It's real dark. <laughs> Sorry, this is Kellyanne. Is this Kellyanne yeah. Conway's Kellyanne daughter, Potter. who is yeah. liberal and Kellyanne, obviously very mm-hmm. conservative. So I wouldn't say liberal. I think she just said, I would say hates her mom uh, and everything her mom stands for. 
which could be considered liberalism. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's part of it. But um, I do think that she also, I think she hates Trump, but um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, she posted some TikToks that were um, basically clips from different things that she had filmed over the last year of her mom calling her like a fucking bitch, throwing things at her face, uh, mocking her, and then saying she wasn't mocking her. Um, Just insane, insane, like mental kind of abuse stuff. Um, And she was just like, I I don't, you know, I don't want my mom to go to jail. I just wanted to get this out. Like I, you know, if you're feeling this way, if your mom is talking to you this way, whatever, whatever, you know, I want you to know you're not alone. And then some folks called the cops on her behalf. Cops go out there. She's like, my parents aren't home. I'm fine. Like it's fine. And then the cops come back when Kellyanne's home and she records that and it's just it's just it's bananas it's bananas and like i know no one needs a reason to hate kelly and conway but (laughs) if you did there's part of me that's a little bit scared of a Kellyanne Conway because she's just for hire, right? She wasn't a true believer. She didn't like buy a MAGA hat and then like join up, right? She's just a spokesperson for hire is willing to say shit for anybody. I'm terrified that she's going to get like hired by like Biden. You know what I mean? Like that she's not going to go away. away. Maybe Ted Cruz. Sure. Oh, see, or something like that. Yeah. 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 I could see Pence or Cruz or, you know, when they start ramping up in two years. Pence is done. Pence is done. I Pence don't know, man. A well done steak. He would not. He's John Edwards done. I, I don't think he wants to pursue anything after like the way he i don't know i don't know a whole lot about pence but just the way he's seen he he seems like a very harmed man yes you know he's been through i think she desperately desperately wants to be president took the vice presidency and did whatever Uh trump said he thought that was his ticket and i think he's definitely gonna run i think he's He's done nobody respects him on any side of any aisle. I think that's the one reason he was like, yeah, I'll go to the inauguration. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, oh, this could be a chance. I was there at the very end. Remember me? I can Um, cross the line. (laughs) I'm cool. I'm chill. I can work with the other side Mm -hmm. as long as they ain't gay. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. He's he's toast. Nobody from Indiana has ever won the presidency. (laughs) And yet we've had but we've had eight vice presidents from Indiana. So like, it's just a place where the second best people come from. And I say that as someone who was born in Indianapolis, but it is, it's just the second place kind of state and he's not going to win anything. He's done. It's going to be like a, a Ted Cruz or if the party like decides they want to swing away from Trump, they might go like a Rubio, you know, mm-hmm. they're not. Or an Ivanka. Or fucking Trump. Or Trump's kid. I mean, yeah. that's all out I, there I really, looming over our fucking head. I feel like <laughs> most, and maybe this is 
too wishful thinking, but I feel like most Republicans aren't extremists like Trump was. And of course, that was like, oh, you were the loudest and the most inflammatory the whole time. So you were the one who got the most attention. And that's why you were the guy. And I just hope that I don't know. It's weird to think I was like earlier this year just being like, yeah, you go Mitt Romney. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, no. still though. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, my God. give me Mitt if you're going to give me one of them. <laughs> sure. It made him seem normal. Ugh. Oh, I liked when Mitt ran because it like presented a nice, calm, boring choice between a good existing president and somebody who I didn't absolutely detest. So I didn't have to think or work hard at the election. I just go and pull the lever for Obama and not feel terrible or feel like I'm saving the goddamn right. country. It was just like, hey, if we lose, that'd be really disappointing and probably say some bad things. And I'm not going to be as happy with the administration, but I didn't feel like, oh man, democracy is in danger. Right. My life is in danger. <laughs> Yeah, my personal life is at stake. It is wild how separate everybody is. Like, I looked up, because I was looking up people who performed at inaugurations, and Bush, George W. Bush, when he got elected the first time, fucking Beyonce and Destiny's Child performed at his inauguration. Like, everyone... Was from Houston. Ev- well, yeah. and back then, it wasn't as big of a division, and people were like... Fucking just George Bush. He's just a funny Texas guy, you know? Yeah, I get to go play for the president. Oh, we won the World Do Series. It. Let's go to the White House. Yeah. And whoever's in it will shake their hand. And now it's like, oh, Jesus. <sighs> in the White House. Can we go? Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. Oh, how times have changed. I think they're going to go straight back to normal because we couldn't have uh, we couldn't have elected more of an eggplant yes. to the White House. Just a boiled eggplant that is like, how could you be offended by this man? You know, like, <laughs> he, oh, he's going to do liberal things like not attack immigrants. Oh, oh that's just not going to sustain the energy that Trump managed to sustain with his like... He, he was such, I've been reading so much stuff about how QAnon is like spinning in circles and like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, right now, because it's just, it's so delicious. Yeah. But it really yeah, points yeah. out that like, all of that energy came directly from the fact that the man couldn't speak. He couldn't form a thought or a sentence or a political position. And so it left all these conspiracy theory people to like fill in the blanks. That's where all the energy came from. You throw any normal politician at it who's finishes a sentence and people are like, well, I agree or I disagree. That's boring. I can't make up my own special code well, based on how many letters he yep. used in his word. <laughs> he's really saying they're eating dead babies. Or Why else I- would a man talk so stupid? Wasn't Trump supposed to go back? Uh, today at noon and mm-hmm. take everything back. I wonder where oh he is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's. I, I like that meme that he came back hired as the new man. Oh yeah, this is doubtfire style. Yeah, I. There's people who are like, oh, there were 17 flags behind him during his farewell speech and 17 it's q is the 17th letter it's a promise that and he said he'd be back right when it panned out and showed all 17 people are still trying to make it all work but like the energy is that this balloon is just like it never got tied off and now trump let go of the balloon and it's yeah i bet you in a year all these people beyond to the next crazy thing don't 
get me wrong. They're still out there. They're still crazy. There'll be something totally different. This shit's, yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna it's morph different. into something else entirely. Yeah. I think without too. a good shit in front of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it's making mm-hmm. me think of the eye of Sauron at the end of Lord of the Rings when he's looking around and slowly falling down, and they're just going. Got nothing to catch yourself with because you're just a big eye in the sky. Oh, <sighs> big eye in the sky. That's a really sweet way to talk about Q. Butterfly in the sky. That's <laughs> not. It's, it has nothing to do with reading Rainbow. Uh, uh, well, but if you think about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I refuse. That show taught kids to be groomed because they, yeah. No, taught him how to read. Because <laughs> taught him how to read. be doing that. Read the internet. First mistake. Well, welcome to the Weird Panthers. Brunch, right? I guess oh, we should yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome to Political Talk with three women. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a terrible name of. Hopefully, we're done with it. Podcast. You know. Yeah. Hopefully. Go back. Hopefully, political talk isn't weird enough to make it onto our show anymore. Mm. Yes. We'll see. That'll be the day. When I would say that. When I I just, yeah, I'm mostly just worried about what these extremists are going to latch on to. Anyway, I'm Lisa Friedrich. (laughs) I'm Karina Magyar. I'm Whitney Lamond. And this is weird brunch. There you go. What the fuck was Jesus doing between barn birth and washing hooker feet? That was like what, eighteen years or something that he was. Sure. Like, but there was he. The first thing he did was he got went into the temple and he pissed off all the bankers. Mm-hmm. And then he disappeared again. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember from Sunday school. Right. You got the beats? You got you got the documentation. I, bitch, I have the inside scoop on this child as a child. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know. But we have texts and scrolls that talk about his childhood more than just bankers. So much nice. more. In 1945, the year of our Lord, uh, Egyptian brothers in Nag Hammadi, which is in the Lower Nile, uh, uncover the initial set of Gnostic Gospels about Jesus. Over the next 15 years, more scrolls start popping up. The site ends up being the location of the largest identified extra-biblical Christian documents. That was maybe a lot. Um, Okay. So there's over 50 texts found here, most of which are Gnostic texts, uh, and they're removed from the OB, original Bible. Uh, the OB, you know what OB? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Original Bible bitches. Uh-huh. Uh, so Gnosticism is a collection of religious idea uh, ideas. Uh, it originated in the first century AD. So we're talking. This is some OG OB type <laughs> shit. Um, 
And this is, it it originates among uh, early Christian and Jewish sects, sects. There you go. Sects. Um, These various groups uh, emphasize personal spiritual knowledge over the Orthodox teaching. So this is more of a, hey, you know, here's this cool story about God and Jesus and, and yeah, these things happen, but you get to interpret your version of like what this means to you, whatever, whatever. It's kind of a cool fucking thing, right? Sure. It's a Protestant ism before that was a thing. More or less. Wait, Um, this is in the 1940s you said? No, it was found in the 1940s. This was actually oh, okay. um, the the religious ideas around Gnosticism originated in the first century AD. Okay. I was like, what? Okay. Makes more sense. Um, yeah. So then I was like, well, what the hell is the difference between Gnostic and agnostic? Because Gnostic is starting to sound like agnostic to me. And I know that at putting an A, A in front of it means the opposite. So in religious context, Gnostic refers to one who possesses knowledge or one who seeks knowledge about God. Agnostic is just the opposite. They're persons who have no knowledge about the existence of God. So Gnostic means they're like, I'm going to figure this out. Agnostic's like, I know you're up there and I trust it. Goodbye. Um, So many of these texts uh, from Gnostics were lost, just like Karina's internet was going to drop. And I don't know if you guys know this, um, but since the first century AD, the Bible has changed. (laughs) Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. For that long. Yeah. I don't know if if y'all knew that in the last 2000 years, the Bible has changed. Um, One of the codices. Yes, I use that to impress you, Karina. Uh, found at Nag Hammadi is called the Infancy Gospel of Thomas. An infancy gospel? Mm -hmm. Written by Mm -hmm. a baby? No, it was written by Thomas. (laughs) All right. Um, But it's about Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is about little baby Jesus, though, as a child. Um, which I, I've never heard, I can't tell you anything about Jesus's childhood from all of my pop punk Sunday school teachings. And then my born again teens, like, I can't, I, I can't tell you anything. Um, so Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. The infancy gospel follows a specific formula. It's kind of like Aesop's fables in a way where it's like, here's three miracles and then here's a lesson. Um, The it's, you know, allegorical. And then uh, in the lessons, the author verbalizes the points through Jesus's word. So here's one for you. When Jesus is five years old, he gets some water from a stream Uh, already a miracle in the desert. Am I right? Uh, Then he performs a miracle uh, where he makes sparrows out of mud, real sparrows that 
fly. Wow. Mudbird. No okay. Mm-hmm. Well, sparrow. Yeah. I think someone tried to show me how to do that in middle school. Mm-hmm. It was. Bad. Yeah, and then they. Yeah, and then you end up eating the mud. I've been. I need a. You need a. You need a straw and some diet coke. I think. Yeah. Um. So some kid is playing in the puddles or pools of water that Jesus has collected, and he's smashing some branch uh, to splash around. He's fucking, you know, it's five year old shit. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking make this water splash. I, I love it. Nothing is more entertaining. Um. <laughs> well, guess who's not fucking having it? Uh, from the text, little baby five year old Jesus says. Oh, evil, ungodly, and foolish one, what hurt did the pools and waters do thee? Jesus asked, mm-hmm. Behold, now also thou shalt be withered like a tree, and shalt not bear leaves, neither root or nor fruit. Uh, then, uh, you know, preschool teacher's nightmare, Jesus curses this boy, and he withers <gasps> until he dies. Wow. Jesus was a boy? Mm. you shouldn't be bullying Mm -hmm. that water uh so after cursing this child to fucking fuck off till death uh jesus then just swishes his little prophet ass right into the village and some kid fucking bumps his shoulder like bumps his shoulder was it a shoulder check i don't know who can say i wasn't there i don't know I don't know if this kid was mad at him i don't know if jesus owed this kid money i i don't know (laughs) Um, oh, but we are ready, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready with another curse. Y'all ready for this? Because you could use this. It's useful uh, and it's easy to remember. Jesus looks at him and just says, thou shalt not finish thy course. Oh. The kid hits the ground immediately dead. He just what? dies on the spot. Uh, wow. Yeah. So then the kid's Bad parents Jesus. run. Bad Jesus. I know. I know. Let the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) So then the parent, the kid's parents uh, go run and tell on Jesus to his daddy, Joseph. Uh, And then, mm -hmm. and then uh, they were like, your little baby boy has killed two kids in the village in one day. (laughs) Like not even over a few days, a few days that would have been acceptable. Uh, <laughs> it happens all the time in this mm-hmm. time period. Yeah, survival like, of the fittest, man. Keep your shoulders to yourself and quit smacking water puddles. Mm-hmm. From the text, Joseph called the young child apart and admonished him, saying, "Wherefore dost thou such things? Uh, doest thou such things that these suffer and hate us and persecute us?" But Jesus said. I know that these thy words are not thine. Nevertheless, for thy sake, I will hold my peace, but they shall bear their punishment. So I'm going to chill out, but I'm not taking any of it back. Well, it was like, I know you're not saying what you're trying to say to me right now. And these people that came and run and told on me, they're about to pay for it because then Jesus blinds the parents of the child that he just killed. He blinds them. Damn. Oh, man. Snitches get stitches. Uh, That's right. So then after Jesus is acting out, uh, Joseph tries to parent the little Messiah. And uh, this is also 
like directly from it, but Joseph took hold upon his ear and wrung it sore. Uh, but this attempt at discipline <laughs> fails. Naughty, uh, naughty. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> this attempt at discipline fails to deter the young Jesus. Uh, it suffices thee to seek. Can we call it young Jeezy, please? <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, <laughs> it suffices thee, thee uh, to seek and not to find, and verily thou hast done unwisely. Knowest thou not that I am thine? Jesus says to Joseph, vex me not. That's a threat. He just threatened his vex dad. Me mm-hmm. Vex me not. Um, so then throughout the infancy gospels, Jesus is out here just disrespecting the fuck out of authority. He's like, Mm-mm, no. Uh, he's uh, Joseph assigns this teacher to Jesus, uh, Zach Zacchaeus. Um, and, and he's there to like help Jesus, but like, let's be real, also like help Joseph out because Joseph's like, I, I don't know, I don't what know is, what to do. What is Mary doing? Uh, working, she's chilling. She, okay, I yes. get it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's more yeah. of like the caregiver, and Mary's out making a buck. Mary's being holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She's been a saint shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's still gluing her hymen back. I'm sorry. Oh, that does, that does sound hard. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Ooh. So then uh, Joseph asked Zacchaeus. Do you, think, do you think it ended up at a six or a four? <laughs> Can you clench a hymen like a butthole? I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Oh my god, that's like the best folk song. Can you clench a hymen like a butthole? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Joseph is like, hey, Zacchaeus, can you specifically teach him to learn to love those his own age, honor old age, and revere elders. And Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to try. Taller. Yeah. And he's like, this is the alphabet. And he's starting with the Greek alpha. And then Jesus like launches into a speech questioning this guy's knowledge over what he was supposed to show. And then he... (laughs) Uh, he says, not knowing the alpha according to its nature, how can you teach another the beta hypocrite? Ooh. What? I like this Jesus. This Jesus. I mean, he's such- he sounds pretty smart for an infant. Yeah, he's like Dennis the Menace. Um, <laughs> and then, so he like corrects the the teacher's ma- uh, lettering and mocks him and then Zacchaeus responds to Jesus from the text. Woe is me, wretch that I am. I am confounded. I have brought shame to myself by drawing to me this young child. Take him away. Therefore, I beseech thee, my brother Joseph. I cannot endure the severity of his look. I am even ready to faint and to perish because of the boy. For I am not able at this present hour to look him in the face. Wow. So Jesus' first three miracles, according to this text, are, are two kid deaths. 
<laughs> blinding a sight a set of parents of one of the dead kids and then humiliating a geriatric teacher uh yeah. and so joseph's like oh jesus this you're this kind of bullshit. <laughs> i get it the- <laughs> oh jesus Oh, uh, this is why the town hates us is because of your foolishness or well you know tomfoolery uh and then <laughs> after ridiculing this this zacchaeus guy jesus all of a sudden is like i'm gonna reverse everything i just did Okay, just good. to show everybody like i've got i i control everything so um <laughs> I'm in charge. Yeah. I'll fuck you up, but I'll make it better if you're nice. Yeah, I own y'all. So yeah. from the text, uh, and as the Jewish people were counseling, well, it says Jewish people like in brackets, so I don't know what the word is. Probably shouldn't know what it is. But as the Jewish people were counseling Zacchaeus, the young child laughed greatly and said, now let those bear fruit that were barren and let them see that we're blind in heart. I am come from above that I may curse them and call them to the things that are above, even as he commanded, which hath sent me for your sakes. So then wow. the uh, relatable kid. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. man. Imagine trying to be this kid's friend. So He's doing this, you know, uh, hypothetically, like, you know, scholars are like, oh, he's just trying to brag. Um, As Jesus gets a little older, he stops being so quick to curse, uh, folks. And he starts doing some more like hot topic-y type shit, as we all did. Um, And he's like resurrecting people, like a sickly child and like a builder. We get it. You're a carpenter. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still kind of a little fucker to his parents. Uh, when he's 12, his parents go to Passover feast in Jerusalem. And then when they come home, no Jesus, they're looking for him for three days. And uh, they finally, the I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? So after three days, they find him lecturing a group of elders in the temple at Jerusalem, and Mary's like, yo, dude, you can't be doing this shit. It scares me. And Jesus responds, why seek ye me? Know ye not that I must be in my father's house? So, oh, yeah. He's like, well, I'm in my oh, my real my dad's house right now. I'm just hanging out with mm-hmm. Lord God. Mm-hmm. You're not my real mom. Mm-hmm. He's also, mm-hmm. do you, at this point, was he like, I know I'm gonna die when I'm. He was twenty. So, wait, is Jesus was part of the twenty seven club? No, no. no. Okay, he was thirty three. Thirty. Okay. 33. Shit. Anyways, but at that point, did he? Know, I mean, I no, he didn't know he was gonna die. No, I don't know if he knew or not. At twelve, he's naughty to say. Yeah, I feel like he. I feel like 12 is around the time that he did know. Uh, could be. Yeah, is that the, the table flipping in the temple? Is this the table flipping in the temple? You know so much. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening now. <laughs> uh, the, the Catholic Church is way big on the table flipping in the temple story. I don't know why we all know that one so well. Uh, By we, yeah. do you mean you? I think it's I a hangover from like, don't lend money, let the Jews do it. I think that's their like, biblical jesus justification for thinking that oh 
Because of the table flip. I don't even know what that is. Because he was like, you can't land money in the house of God. <laughs> that's his whole. That was his big rebellion. Mm. That's the only story you hear about him between like birth and 30. Damn. Um, mm-hmm. So I know. Okay. So right now y'all are, y'all are probably like, oh, this is, this is to fill in Jesus's character arc in the story of the Bible. Right? Like right. we were missing some steps. Let's get them in there. But no, 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 no. Because back then, storytelling wasn't about arcs. They didn't even know that character arcs were a thing. They were just like, your your character is born this way and they die this way. They learn nothing. You get nothing. Um, and so why? Okay. So... Uh, characters were the same throughout, which is why, which is why in my world, baby Jesus is the same as big old Jesus, you know, like there's no change because there wasn't. And so in this infancy, infancy gospel, it would be focused on how divine Jesus really was. So everything he does is right because he's, because Jesus is doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and very little to do with with like oh I thought about it I shouldn't have killed those two kids he was just like oh y'all think I'm a no look done it's back um and so then uh, what the fuck does Roman masculinity have to do with this I'm glad you asked so the concept of virtus 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 yeah, there's no O. Um, <laughs> it's you, V-I-R-T-U-S? Yes. Um, so the the concept of ver- <laughs> Virtus, I don't care. I'm, I lived in Wait, Beaumont. Wait, Karina knows how to time. say it, right? I like Virtus. I like the Beaumont pronunciation. Cool. But it's Vertus. Vertus? Vertus, yeah. It sounds yeah, I think you use Ui. <laughs> yeah, well... It, there's, it sure. is a romance <laughs> language. <laughs> yeah. um, so the concept of virtus has many meanings cycling through the timeline of the Roman Empire. And at the time of the Gospels writing, it was R.E. military achievements. So Roman masculinity meant domination of enemies and the ability to solicit total obedience from women and children and foreigners it's very cute very cute um which this would explain his uh, angstiness towards his father because he's like no one no one above me uh i am the most important uh roman masculinity i will not listen to any teachers or joseph uh goodbye um, and then y'all know how every, uh, y'all, y'all know how everyone's uncle was like, you see that one Senator swear in with a hand on the Quran on, in, on Thanksgiving in 2005. <laughs> y'all know how everyone's uncle said that? Sure. So, at Thanksgiving. Um, because of an email that was going around that Senator Obama had put his hand on the Quran to swear in. Okay. Um, so speaking of the Quran. What? What's happening? Oh, it was a dig on my uncle. Okay. 
Um, so in the Quran, Jesus is actually a major prophet. And uh, a number of the stories of Jesus in the Quran are derived from uh, the Bible, the Obi, and then the Gnostic texts. And that includes his childhood from the infancy gospels. So the story of Jesus breathing life into clay birds from the Quran uh, is, is, uh, he, whatever the passage reads, I have come to you with a sign from your Lord. I make for you out of clay, the figure of a bird. Then I breathe into it and it becomes a bird by God's leave. So we've got two texts now, um, that reference this mud birds, Mm. all mud birds. Um, birds big, Big this year. Put a bird on it. (laughs) Let's bring it back. Uh, The New and Old Testaments, as we know, are just a loose collection of religious scrolls. And through the centuries of all of it, all of the politics, all of the wars, everything, um, the modern canon was formed. So scholars... Um, obviously we know this, they disagree on the composition dates of the New Testament's books, but they do agree that it generally began with the epistles of St. Paul around 30 CE. What is CE? I don't know. I was just going to ask. That's not AD. CE is common era, which is the way of saying AD. If you like, don't want people to think you're religious. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like AD. I know. It's not that exciting. Sorry. Uh, um, So uh, in the first and second centuries, the oral tradition informed the writers of the Gospels, um, which became known as the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, And then because the infancy gospel references canonical Gospels, some believe the earliest possible date was 80 CE or AD, um, depending on how you're feeling. The Gnostics in general, they usually get referred to as a group of mystics who believe that physical matter was evil. uh, And therefore the spirit of Christ would have, it would not have its own physical body. Uh, in reality, the movement was a large and diverse collection of philosophical and cosmological viewpoints. While their rejection of matter was a core tenet, which is so weird to me. Um, I mean, it's the same as like material stuff doesn't matter. I get it. Like be free, whatever. Um <laughs> Many of their other beliefs led them into theological conflicts with the Orthodox Christianity. And so when did this shit get banned? Well, when do you think? It's when church and state start getting in bed with each other uh, after the conversion of Constantine. Uh, bishops in the Roman Empire, they're just hooking up left and right. The bishops are like, yo, we have law powers now, bitch. And they start banning different sects of Christianity and texts. And they're also enslaving pagans. So uh, that's just a thing to note. Um, And there are more Gnostic Gospels that talk about Jesus's childhood. Uh, None of the canonical inclusions of Jesus's infancy and childhood are considered uh, a pure infancy gospel. So if you 
have read something in the Bible, Bible, the OB, um, about Jesus's infancy or childhood. It's not considered an infancy gospel. Gnostic texts, uh, however, Thomas mentioned above, which is what we've been talking about. There's also the Syriac infancy gospel, history of Joseph the carpenter, which I kind of want to read, and the life of John the Baptist. There's also the infancy of gospel of James, um, which I do want to talk about for one second. Uh, It starts with eight chapters about Mary's birth, and how crazy oh. that was and how her mom couldn't get pregnant until she cried out to God. Um, and then the second joke. No, but it could oh, be. Oh, God. And then. Oh, and now I'm pregnant. Now, oh, it happened. <laughs> That's how it happens. Uh, She's the first woman to do that. She was. Yep. And then Mary was just like, Big ups again, <laughs> and then there you go. Um, the second eight chapters of the gospel, uh, infancy gospel of James, uh, the story starts uh, with the crisis posed by Mary's becoming a woman and thus her imminent pollution of the temple. The priests resolve the crisis by turning her over to a divinely chosen widower, the carpenter Joseph who agrees to be her guardian, but refuses to marry her. When Mary becomes pregnant, a priest suspects Joseph and Mary of wrongdoing. (laughs) And they put the two to a test, which they pass. And that's all the fucking research told me. It didn't tell me what the test was. So now I have to read the infancy gospel of James, because what was this test? That's well, the end of my. It has to do with uh, how tight that hymen is. I think. I gotta see if it's four uh, or six. I mean, that's the starting point for sure. Also, just oh, I mean, that's how, one thing. It's like an after. How tight but, you know. the time the hymen is, as if I mean, that's, that's how, how it worked. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no. Oh man, the tighter I mean, the like, hymen, the like closer a, to God. Ooh. Like a drum head, right? Like sure, you just pitch. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it a tom oh. or is it a bass? You know, yeah. Actually, that's not even that. I mean, that's just the size of the womb at that point. Let's leave that. Yeah, topic. let's go oh. away from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I this, but I, or are you? Do you have more? No, that's that's. Oh. Um, I just had never thought of Jesus as like a Dennis the Menace character, and it's insane to me that that is actual text. Write the comic book for it. It's delightful. It's Make so it delightful. into a Bazooka Gum comic. and That comic would sell millions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I have a story about somebody who was very curious about performing tests on hymens and, oh, shit. Uh, and then you know, got in a bit of trouble. So I hope you guys aren't super familiar with this story because it is all right, let's hear it. Uh, Malachi Love Robinson was born in West Palm Beach in 1997. And much like Jesus, that's all that is known about him until his 16th year on this planet when he was caught wandering around a hospital 
in a lab coat with stethoscope, following doctors on their rounds, presenting himself as a young MD gynecologist uh, or anesthesiologist, depending on the hospital. Or anesthesiologist? Uh, it's dependent on the day. Uh, and he would just kind of chit chat with the doctors and present himself as a young doctor who's like rotating in and they'd be like, sure, I'll come along on my rounds and watch and be like, thanks. And he was 16 going around just kind of watching things. And then this one doctor finally sort of, I don't know, catches on, I guess you could say, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, asking him the right questions and everything. Uh, hold on, I gotta go what year that. is this again? I was going to ask that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2016. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, so this is like Doogie Hauser times and he's pulling a Doogie Hauser. No. no. I so called himself Dr. Robinson. This is uh, 2015. Uh, caught uh, pretending to be a doctor at a Florida OBGYN office at St. Mary's Medical Center. Uh, so he had a stethoscope and a face mask. He told staffers he'd been a doctor for years, uh, once this other person, Dr. Sebastian Kent, uh, was like, I've been in practice for 36 years. This is the first time something like this has happened. He can schmooze his way around. He can tell any story you want to hear. That's what he tried to do with me. He tried to ingratiate himself with me, so I would take him around. And after a while, I started to sense that something was wrong, and so he turns him in. The cops come, and he hadn't done anything, okay? He hadn't, like, examined any patients. He hadn't even gone into any actual patient rooms. He'd just been kind of chatting up doctors with a lab coat on and going around telling people he's a doctor. Um, so isn't he, they arrest him. Huh? He's, he's, yeah, there's a lot wrong, but it's, it's sort of like they, they stop and they tell him just dude, cut it out. You're, he was six, 15, 16 at the time. They're like, don't, don't do that. All right. That's not good. Um, so he's like, all right, all right, all right. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Hold on. This story is so good. This is a post 9 okay. 11 world, and he's just waltzing around. Yeah, just waltzing well, around. You know, the hospital. if it's a doctor dealing with women, then people don't care <laughs> as much. So that's, true. yeah. No locks on so the doors. After he gets caught, in uh, late 2015 doing this uh, by January of 2016, he's opening his own medical practice in a strip mall in West Palm beach. So he hangs up a shingle for something. Called, Who are his parents? Uh, they are um, not exactly. They'll come up late. So, okay. <laughs> um, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I left something out. So he got busted in January 2015, wandering around the hospital. Later in 2015, he started working as a massage therapist at the Boynton oh. Beach Rehabilitation Facility. So like not at a massage parlor or whatever, but like as a, you know, licensed therapist. And he did that for a few months until there was a tip off that he had no license. And then on December 2nd, he got a cease and desist. So he stopped doing that late December, late 2015, stopped giving unlicensed massages again. He is 15, 16, 16. <laughs> January of 2016. He opened the new birth, new life, holistic alternative medical center and urgent care in an office block at 4,700 North Congress Avenue in West Palm beach. 
And it was an office block that had several legitimate, well-established little medical practices and oncologists, like everything, like the real doctors were in there. He hired two employees, uh, an operations director and a programs director. Uh, the, hold on, the programs, the, the operations director was a guy who had been a CEO of a major AIDS charity in uh, the Miami County area. So like a guy with legit credentials. So he's like hiring these two high-end employees, hangs up his shingles, uh, created an NBNL website, a Facebook page. Uh, He established an account for himself on healthgrades.org with a doctor rating and everything like that. Um, And he describes himself as a well-rounded professional that treats and cares for patients using a system of practices based on the treatments of physiological functions, abnormal conditions, natural laws governing the human body, utilizing physiological, psychological, and mechanical methods such as air, water, light, heat, earth, phototherapy, food and herb therapy, psychotherapy, electrotherapy, physiotherapy, minor and or official surgery, mechanotherapy, naturopathic corrections and manipulation in natural methods or modalities together with natural medicines, natural processed foods and herbs and nature's remedies. He listed his age as 25. He also claims to be a minister with a PhD in theology He created a fake diploma from the University of Arizona, which he shared on his Facebook page. Um, And yeah, so that's all in January of 2016. (laughs) Uh, He claimed that he had been a minister for four years. uh, So he was a PhD and an MD. Uh, He's 16. So uh, he had a couple of patients come in and all this. um, But the police were like pretty tipped off almost right away. Uh, he invited the local ABC affiliate morning show to come and like visit his clinic. And they were like, sure, a new business. We'll fill some time with that. And they came and filmed uh, a tour of his office. But before the cameras got there, he had put some duct tape over the MD on his nameplate. So he had himself listed as Dr. Love MD, but uh, he took the MD out of the camera so he wouldn't get in trouble. He's, he's learning, right? (laughs) But the cops come and like look around and say, "Hey, can you show us your your license?" And he said, "Well, I'm a natural, a naturopath. I'm not a, I'm not an MD. I'm just a naturopath." And they're like, "Yeah, well, you still need a license in Florida. Like, where did you go to school and stuff?" And he goes, "Yeah, I, 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 I'll get that to you." And they're like, "Okay, well, you can't see any patients until you show us your license. Like, this is illegal." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I won't see anybody. I'll just give consultations that don't have medical advice." And they're like, "All right." And then they send an undercover cop back and that undercover cop gets a full physical examination, which they don't describe exactly what goes on in there. But that I think is hilarious. And then some medical advice. And then they were like, boom, it's a sting. You're busted. And they shut him down in February of 2016. He lasted one whole month. Huh? Doctor. But... He set up all those websites and he started to get, you know, some messages online. And so he started making house calls. So because the cops just pat him on the butt and said, you're shut down. Go away. We're going to find you. You little Jesus rascal. Stop it. Get on out of here. Get out of here. And he's like, all right, all right. But then he's making house calls and this little old lady invites him to her house 
And she's clearly in need of actual medical attention. So he calls an ambulance for her and puts her on the ambulance. And he says, I am going to be right behind you in the car to meet you at the hospital. I'll look around. I'll get your purse and everything. Don't worry. You just need to get to the hospital right now. She's like, oh, okay. And so she gets in the ambulance, goes to the hospital, probably gets some good medical attention. But she did leave behind his purse or her purse, which he used to buy a car and other things. So... (laughs) used her checkbook to like write several very, very large checks. At this point, the authorities are like, all right, we're prosecuting you. Even though you're still underage. I think he's 17 at the time. They're like, you you really got to stop now. You can't do this. So he's like, all right, all right. right." So they're like, uh, they get him out on bail and they're going to prosecute him after he turns 18. They're like, if, you do anything. We're going to prosecute you after your turn 18. He's like, okay, okay. So then he goes to Virginia. And in Virginia, he tries to buy a car with his grandmother's checkbook, basically. So he tried to buy a Jaguar at the Cargar <laughs> Motors car dealership. And he put his, uh, an elderly woman's name down as a co-signer on a credit application. The Jaguar dealership is like, well, she's not here, so we're going to go check this out. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. (laughs) Still a high school kid. Uh, They do a Google search on his name, and it's got all the Dr. Love shit. Because the thing I forgot to mention is that in those two years where he keeps getting busted, he's going on Good Morning America. He's going on the Today Show defending himself, saying he's just trying to help people. Good Samaritan law. Like, I wasn't presenting myself as a doctor. And it's like picked up as this weird, like morning show viral story. Dr. Love in Florida. He's the kid who just wants to help people, but keeps kind of like doing it too hard. Right. So Google search brings all that up at the Jag dealership. And they're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. This so they call the cops and the cops come and they're like, buddy, we told you, you can't do one more thing. And he's like, what? It's totally legit. I'm just trying to buy a car. Uh, you know, my mom was going to co-sign. I'm sorry. I don't know why I put my grandma's name down there. That was weird. But it's my mom. And he put he gives it him his mom's name. And they contact the woman. And she's not his mom. She's just some weirdly distant relative, like a far distant cousin. And she's like, I'm not co-signing on any Jaguar. And the cops are like, all right, come on. You're going with us. And they search his car and find student loan applications in his grandmother's name and two iPads, two iPads and a cell phone costing $1,200 with receipts purchased with her checkbook because he stole his grandma's checkbook. And the funny thing is they were able to make like he was claiming, oh, that's not my that's not my stuff. Like I. I was buying it for my my grandma bought it. It's still in the car. I didn't buy that. But the thing was, he bragged to the dealers while he was trying to buy the car that he had just bought two iPads. <laughs> oh my god! So anyway, he pursued insanity charges, um, and there is clearly something wrong with the boy. Right? He's very articulate and very like smooth talking and all that stuff, but like something's not right with Malachi. I um, I want to echo Lisa's sentiments at the beginning to where are his fucking parents? <laughs> like I've been Googling Frank Abagnale grandson. <laughs> exactly. I guess he doesn't have him. I think he was raised maybe by his, by his grandma. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, his grandfather. Who? This is the fun part. Okay, so this is grandfather's take on the whole thing after the arrest on the practice. When he opened up the office and the practice, this is his grandfather, William McKenzie. I felt like it was something legit that he's trying to do. Uh, if he slipped and did something wrong, I just ask everybody to pray for him. And so the what? news is like, no, he, he did something really wrong. Um, and his grandfather's like, well, yeah. He's not out doing drugs. He's not trying to rob anybody. He's just trying to do something constructive. And if he did do something and the paperwork wasn't right, he can get ahead of himself sometimes. And he may have been trying too hard, but he had good intentions. These are the people raising him, right? Uh, Totally indulgent. And then they're presenting like he is stealing money from your wife uh, and all that stuff. Okay. He definitely robbed you. (laughs) So this is all okay. Here, here's where we were back in February before they busted him on the buying of the car, like leading up to the buying of the car. Um, he posted on Facebook, dear Facebook friends and family, three days after his place was shut down. For three months now, I've been battling stage two kidney cancer. Mm. It has been a rough journey and hopefully a light is soon to show. Along with that, identity theft has begun to surface and now I'm fighting that. Patients of NBNL and friends and family, take care of yourself and your family, including your finances and your health and life. This illness has given me a huge wake-up call. Although I trust my colleagues to the fullest and I am in great faith that I'll be okay, always remember that life can be very short and make the best of it. 18, this fucker, right? He also uh, started making claims uh that he was never a real doctor uh and he started posting weird rambling things all over the stuff about like trainings and stuff he has on facebook all of which is still up also still up uh his pages all over the internet if you google his name on md.com vitals.com he's still listed as a doctor in miami that you can contact and everything this hasn't been taken down he still has a linkedin page that is active and has been endorsed for strategic planning and leadership um and here's the best part okay so here's his about page on linkedin it lists him as the owner of new birth new life medical center i am a young well-rounded mind that has many dreams and goals i learn very fast and excel even faster i love my community and hope to do everything i can to help it thrive and survive education and awareness are my long-term goals and he's listed his experience as owner of new birth new life November 2015 to present. And then he says all sorts of shit he did that has nothing to do with medical stuff. Really cagey. Summary, responsible for overseeing one or more programs within an organization. Created and revised programs, developed policies and guidelines, hired and trained staff, raised funds, and ensured compliance with government regulations. (laughs) Primary responsibilities, plan and launch fundraising events, devise budgets, reach out to community for support, write grant proposals, make large donations and disperse money appropriately. Oh, God. But, okay, so that's what his job is November 2015 to present. Also, right after that, McKinsey, September 15th to present, program coordinator, general responsibilities to ensure McKinsey, a huge consulting firm. He's claiming he's working for them at the same time that he's running this business. And program director for New Directions Counseling Service, June 2014 to present. So he's claiming he had three jobs all this time. And he goes into all this stuff that he did, coordinating stuff with hospital CEOs, CFOs, CNOs, work as a liaison between programs and psychiatric medical care, all that stuff. New Directions Counseling Services is in Pittsburgh. Mm. So he's claiming that he worked 
in Miami yeah. and Pittsburgh yeah. at the same time. It's so funny because when you read it, it just your eyes glaze over with the corporateness. But then when you like squint, you're like, no, this is impossible. He's just like almost good, but not quite. So anyway, the authorities in West Palm Beach are like, okay, you're facing up to 90 years in prison for all your shenanigans. And he's like, plea deal. And they're like, cool. (laughs) Plea deal. He pleads guilty to practicing without a license and uh, embezzlement and theft. And he gets, uh, because of his age, because the judge is like, Three years with time served. So he's going to be in jail from 2017 to now. Now? So he got out in late 2019. What is he doing now? Well, according to the South Florida Sun Sentinel headline here. uh, Yeah. Fake doctor arrested again. Here we go. Now. (laughs) Love Robinson, known as Dr. Love, the once baby-faced South Florida teen who gained notoriety and a stint in prison for practicing medicine without a license, is back in legal trouble. Mm. So let me make sure I get this description of what he did right, because Lisa especially is going to love this. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, Oh, where is it? Where is it? No, that's not the good one. Shit, shit, shit. Uh. Now that's the car one. Where is it? Damn it. Did I lose the link? Okay. So he. Okay. I don't have the news report to like actually. Read specifically what he did, but he started working for a company. Yeah, here it is. The United States of Freight. Are you familiar with this? Okay. Yeah, so his, his job was to get on the phone. And when people needed to ship something, he would hook them up with a shipping company. And then he would take their financial information, send it to the shipping company. USF would get a pay cut and he would get paid a commission on like the referral of the shipping needs. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, that business organization kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. (laughs) So what he did was uh, he set up a whole bunch of bank accounts in various names and he would get a customer on the phone and he took them up with the shipping company and they'd be like, great. And he's like, okay, that's going to be 10 grand. And they're like, cool. And then he would have all that money go into his own accounts. Plus he got like uh, uh, $7,000 of commissions on all the sales that he did. So he ended up stealing like, or $700. So he ended up stealing like, $10,000 before he realized people were going to start to notice that the shipping companies were never getting paid. He hadn't really thought this through. So he's arrested for embezzlement. But the funny thing is during discovery, they realize he has all these text messages from the month before he gets caught. Like, Oh shit, how do I give the money back? I don't want to go back to jail. Like he wasn't going to work. And he's like, ah, I don't know how to do this. He's like texting his friends. Like, how do you put money back after you take it? Like, I don't know how to give this to the shipping company now without them. No, yeah. Like, okay. So he's back in jail. Uh, as of, January, it was he was arrested on January 1st of 2021. So for for some shipping fraud. And that's the story of uh young Malachi Love Robinson who just wants to help people but can't stop doing dumb shit. Can't stop helping himself. Can't stop helping mm. himself along the way. 
You know, there's a reason that brokers aren't always the best way to go when you're shipping your stuff. <laughs> we should know. Now I just want to like, I want to get in our like back end and see if he has an account with us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Checking out, oh, bro. It's, you got to find all of his doctor pages. They're amazing. There's so many of them out there. I want to look through all of that. So his, sorry, I just found all the little links I've had. Uh, his PhD was in, uh, it was an honorary doctoral alumni with the U-Life Church. He's an ordained minister. And his thesis specialized in philosophical theology, religious epistemology, and Christian apologetics, exploring the paradoxical nature of certain Christian doctrines and the implications for the rationality of Christian faith. To give you a taste wow. of how this kid writes. It's just like, dazzle, dazzle, big words, big words, means nothing. Right. Lies. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he'll have a great career if he ever gets out of like fucking himself over as a very, very young person. Like just use your fancy rhetoric and all of that in the legal, but not so legal, you know, go lobby or something. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. There's like a whole world where you're supposed to act like this. Yes. It's called politics. Yes. Figure it out. Um, So his quote after his initial arrest in 2015, I can't believe I missed this. Sorry. I skipped so many good details. Last thing. Uh, Initial time when he's just wandering around the hospital, he gave a quote to the TV news outside the courtroom saying, I requested to shadow some physicians. And the next thing I know, the cops are there. The story was broadcast everywhere. Like I'm some insane maniac who's just out here doing crazy things. I didn't operate. I didn't reach into someone's uterus. I didn't snatch up a baby. (laughs) Reach into someone's uterus. I mean, what a guy! Sure, what a guy! He sure did. He sure didn't. Didn't do that. That would be the only illegal thing about that. Uh, well, speaking of reaching into uteruses, uh, haven't we been this whole time? Right. We're going to talk about a person who was born. Uh, like all people are. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this, person this person born born <laughs> happened in 1956 in Kangar, Perlis, Malaysia. Uh, her name Ooh. was Mazna Ismail, but uh, she ended up changing it to Mona Fandi, which is a lot easier for me to say. So I'm going to say that. So Mona was pretty and talented and she was like, I want to be a fucking pop star. This is my dream. So she starts singing. She meets a guy. He's like, okay, tight. Let's get married. I am going to help you become the Malaysian pop singer that you've always wanted to. And she's like, that's exactly what I need in a man. So they start working really hard on launching her as a pop star. She has a few songs. They make a music video that's like still out there. You can see it. They release an album called Diana. Uh, I don't know why, because her name is Mona Fandy, but 
anyways, so <laughs> she has a few TV per- appearances, but after a few years, the couple realizes this isn't quite going where we want it to. So we need to like pivot and figure out another way to make money. And Mona's like, well, I'm still pretty attractive um, and cool. What if instead of me being a pop star, I start the pursuit of black magic? And he's nice. Sure. He's like, Mm -hmm. brilliant. Let's do it. And she's like, great. I am a Boma now it's B O M O H, uh, which in Malaysia is a traditional healer, a person believed to have magical powers. Sometimes Bob, Bom, I cannot say it. Bama, Boma. Anyways, uh, that's what it is. Traditional style healing. Bamo, Bomo, um, she starts offering her services to upper class clients. And so this is in the early 90s, 1990s now. And people in Malaysia have been going to her, especially like politicians, people are who are really career focused. They full on believe that she has the power to like give them that good juju that they need to advance their careers and be the men that they were set out to be. Nixia. Hell yeah. yeah. Nixia. <laughs> right. And so yeah. uh Mona and her husband are making out like bandits. Like they're all the poly- all the rich people are like, yes, we will give you money for what the fuck ever you can do. And I guess she had a pretty good track record because people are coming to her left and right. They have a ton of money. They buy several mansions. They have luxury cars. They're like living the fucking high life and drinking Miller High Life, obviously, because that's the only way to do it. Um, In 1993, the couple is approached by a man named Maslan Idris and he is a Malaysian assembly man and he wants to rise up in politics. So the title assemblyman is a political title. Assemblyman to me kind of sounds like he works like a union union job, but no, he's, he's in politics and he wants to rise up. He's been eyeing like this other job and he's heard about our girl Mona Fandy and he's like she's the one who's going to help me uh he wants to become chief minister and he was educated in the U.S. he's so he's you know he he feels like he's got it going on and Mona's like you know what I can definitely help you. Obviously I will give you this talisman. It's a Tonga, a Tonga, Tonga cat. Sorry. I'm just butchering this Tong cat, which is a walking stick and a song cat, which is a cap that is widely worn in the area, mostly by Muslim males. 
and she's like, these two things were owned by the old Indonesian pres- president, Sukarno. And he was so successful. And now because you have them and because of my superpowers, you are going to be fucking invincible. And Maslan right. is like, hell yes, this is what I want. She's like, great. Mm. So yeah. what I need from you now, Mona says to Maslan, she's like, I want two point. Oh, we got a Ursula. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. She's definitely getting stuff in return. She's like, I want 2.5 million RMs. Uh, RM is the Malaysian ringgit, which is their currency. In 1993, 2.5 million RM would have been about a million dollars in the US. So that's a fuck ton of money. And one million million dollars. And Maslan is like, uh, I can give you 500 thousand rm up front which is about 200 grand here and i can give you 10 different land titles all to add up to about 2 million does that sound good and she's like all right let's do this i'm gonna need you to come to my house in pahang which is a state in malaysia And I am going to perform a spiritual bath cleansing ritual on you. And he's like, tight, let's do this. It's July 1993. What else do I have going on? Uh, So he comes out to her house. And with the help of her husband and an assistant named Jeremy, (laughs) J-U-R-A-I-M-I. Jeremy. I'm with Lisa on that. I know. They're like, okay, Maslan, just like lie down on the floor. Close your eyes. What's going to happen is we're going to like put flowers on your body and then money is just going to fall from the sky onto you. And oh, he, I would pay for this. Yeah, right? He's like, that sounds awesome. Hell yeah, let's do this. So he lays down. Mona starts placing flowers around his body. And then Jeremy comes over with a big fucking axe and chops his head off. Oh, no. That sounds like a Jeremy. Hey, oh, Jeremy. Classic Jeremy. All part of the goddamn black magic plan. So Mona and her husband and Jeremy are like, all right, he's dead. We have all of his money and a bunch of land. Let's uh, chop up his body into 18 different pieces. Take most of the skin off. We'll put a bunch of it over in the storeroom, like on the, on the property, but a little bit further away, not to be gross. uh, And we'll bury it. Um, Yeah. This all sounds perfectly reasonable. I have a, I have a, I have yes. a quick cue. Yes. Um, was it eighteen specifically? If so, was that in reference to some uh, belief of the bohos or bonos, bomos? Uh, and did they keep some of the the stuff that was close by, but not to be gross? 
for future black magic rituals. I don't know if the number 18 is significant. However, there were rumors about the body parts, but let me get to it. Okay. Okay. No, it's all right. So after the brutal murder of Maslon, life for Mona. That's pretty clean. Yeah. I mean, it sucked for him. Well, yeah. Um, life goes on as usual. They're, they've got all this fucking money. Uh, she goes, buys a new Mercedes, goes on a shopping spree, gets a fucking facelift. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, this is the life. Um, but, and the cops had no idea, really. Like, Maslan had been reported as missing because he ended up not showing up to a few UMNO functions. And UMNO is United Malays National Organization, which is Malaysia's largest national political party. So he's yeah, not his job. Yeah, his job. He didn't go to his job. Yeah, he, yeah. he didn't show up and somebody has the ability to like check his bank account and they realize that he's withdrawn a whole bunch of money right before he went missing. And they're like, yikes, that doesn't sound good. But nobody knows to like, you know, they're not thinking like, Oh, he definitely went to a witch and you know, we all know Mona. So it's kind of cold until about a week later the cops happened to arrest old Jeremy. And oh, Jeremy. He, I fucking knew it. They pick him up because he's he, he on an unrelated drug offense. And Jeremy is so fucked up when they pick him up. He's like, ah! and just like fucking spills the beans on everything because he's freaking out because he's been arrested. So oh. the cops are like, what the fuck? Oh my God, this is crazy. Jeremy, Jeremy, sorry. Jeremy brings the police to Mona's house where they find a videotape, photo album, newspaper clipping, certificates, and it's all about Maslon. And then he takes them to the storeroom where Maslon's body parts were hidden. They were reportedly buried six feet beneath the storeroom and sealed with a concrete cap. Though they weren't able to find all 18 body parts, lots of people think that some of it was eaten and used in Mm -hmm. other rituals before the cops found it. There you go, Lisa. There you go, Lisa. Uh, (laughs) Mona and her husband, his name is Nor. Uh, Mona Mona and Noor are found, are apprehended on July 2nd, 22nd, 1993. And, you know, (laughs) is it? Uh, What? Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, In 1995, they're finally at their trial. Uh, It took a while. They appear before a seven-person jury with a judge in the Temerlo High Court where they're charged with murder. Um, 
And the charge of murder comes with a mandatory death sentence if you're found guilty. Uh, The trial turns into like this national thing because everyone's like, holy shit. This woman is about to get, you know, tried for murder along with these two other people. She's a witch. She is wearing. Oh my God. I love it. It's like, but it's a lady. Yeah. <gasps> She's wearing crazy clothes to every he- part of the trial. She's always smiling. She's, you know, she's just had that, you know, facelift. So she's like smiling and she's just like living it up because she. She's also like not that she's old, not. and she's she's finally getting you know all the attention that she's always wanted since she was a kid and wanted to be a pop star. Ah, oh, it's Chicago, it, a little Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone, there's so many pictures of her with her smiling and just being very happy about committing what many Malaysians consider to be one of the most gruesome murders that their country has dealt with. Uh, she, after 65 days and 76 witnesses interviewed, uh, the jury goes out, they come back and they're like, yep, you're guilty. And Mona and her two guys are like, shit, I guess we have to get hung now. So. They're all sentenced to death by hanging. It had taken the jury less than 70 minutes to reach that unanimous verdict. And when they finally read it to her, she said, supposedly, quote, I'm happy and thank you to all Malaysians. She was photographed smiling as she was led away to prison. In 1999, they make some appeals. They get rejected. Sorry about it. The date of the hangings were on Friday, November 2nd, 2001 in Kajang Prison. The day before the execution takes place, Mona nor her husband are able to see their family for the last time. And their last meal was KFC, which... Nice. Yeah, it's very popular. Is it on yeah, the bone? I, I would hope so. Like, I prefer on the bone. I'm an on the bone kind of gal. But uh, at 5.59 the next morning, Friday, Mona, Nor, and Jeremy are hanged in the gallows. And that's where they die. But the creepiest part about it was that before Mona was hanged, she reportedly uttered Aku Taken Mati, which means I will never die. Nice. Good witch. That's some good witching right there. Some witchy, witchy shit. Uh, because the trial was so huge and they were so kind of brutally and creepily sentenced to hang, because of that case, the Malaysian government was like, you know what? We're done with trial by jury. And since then it's been abolished. <laughs> trial by jury? Yeah, trial by they jury. Got of- they got rid of it. Um, they could have just changed the sentencing law. Yeah, they could have okay. been like, maybe it's the death penalty that's weird. Nope. They were like, no more trial by jury. 
Uh, wow, that's funny. Yeah. They were waiting for an excuse. That's what that is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. To this day, two of Mona's abandoned mansions are still in existence, and they're considered yeah. hot spots for ghost hunters because creepy shit happens there. Yeah, she'll never die. It's true. She said it. Yeah, I believe her. But that is the story of Mona Fandy. Uh, that's it. I got to tell you. Yeah. I like her. I, I can't help it. I don't know why, but I, I think she's awesome. Well, she recently, they made a movie that kept getting put off and put off. And then I think it was in 2018, it leaked. And everyone was kind of just like, you know what, like maybe Mona isn't like the worst fucking person that has been out here and she probably killed this corrupt politician and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. So she's kind of like a cult figure now. All right. Also, if uh, like someone laying down and getting their head chopped off by an ax is the most brutal crime that your country has faced. I want to go there. Truth. I mean, I think a lot worse things have happened in Malaysia than that. Yeah. But um, that's just since they don't do trial by jury, you don't hear about them so much anymore. Right? Mm, yeah. Mm, I think they fair. were mostly mm. creeped out by the possible cannibalism and oh, inning and well, chopping I mean, up him and stuff like that. That's a real. Stretch. I mean, there. That's supposition. I, I won't allow it. Overruled. There you go. <laughs> that's all right. See, and Karina's <laughs> the judge. judge there's no jury yeah. here. Just nope. say it. Yeah, we there's don't no say. No. Well, we got rid of that in like episode seven. No more trial by jury. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion. Yeah, never mattered. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I feel like we learned so much about the world and how it works. And You know, I, f- I feel like this one was kind of heavy, like just a lot of heavy stories with a lot of good research. Well, you know, good for yeah. us. And shit, I never knew. This Malachi is nuts. Isn't he great? His little like Doogie and Howser all- photos. Oh. Oh, I know. So, and then, and then, Mona is horrific. She's very scary looking. <laughs> she's got that smile. I think it's is post She's like the Momo. Yeah, she's she's face. that that very plastic surgery looking face. Momo face. I don't know what that is though. That oh. meme or whatever. Yeah, she's got a little bit of Joker going on. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, you can look up her music video and the song that I don't know if there are multiple ones, but the one that I've watched, it's a very weird kind of eerie song. So if you want to freak mm. yourself out a little, watch her sing it. Yes, just go watch her sing it and just um, feel that. Can y'all check the chat real mm-hmm. quick? Check the chat. Chat checking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah! Oh, yeah. Why did you do that to us? What the hell? I hate you. I hate you. Oh, God. <laughs> Not cool. That's, no. that's Momo. I thought about that, and I am 
mad at you for reminding me what it is. I'm mad at you for reminding me because I looked up that I Mona didn't woman. Make you look up Mona, but the, the similarity there, but... is there. Sorry, I'm being a good co-host and showing oh. interest in your story. Thank you for apologizing for that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, my butthole's at a ten now. Thanks a lot, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. We're all we're all at tens thanks to the Momo. Mm-hmm. God damn it! Oh, I bet her butthole is open with like teeth and stuff. Ooh, ooh! Ew! It looks exactly the same as her face. What if her face is her butthole? Oh, things are happening. <laughs> I, okay. I don't know where the end of this episode goes. Somewhere in here. It goes in the butthole. <laughs>